Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman. Novacare Complex, day after the Eagles beat the Rams in Los Angeles. Uh, sorry we didn't get to talk to you guys immediately after the game, but we had red eyes to catch, um, which is why we're probably a little groggy today. A little red-eyed, probably. little red-eyed. Doug but, Peterson, too. Yes, but I'm sure Doug was a little was elated um, because his team is still alive. And I guess let's uh, give the news first before we uh, talk about the game. Nick Foles will start against the Houston Texans. I don't think it's a huge surprise. Um, Carson Wentz isn't going on injured reserve, but I think for the most part, it's fair to say, assume that his season is over. Yes. Oh, really? You don't? Well, playoffs. You're thinking yeah. about playoffs. Well, I, well, you don't know, but I mean, the fact that they're not putting him on IR shows that they're preserving hope that he can play again. Doug did say there was no information that um, the recovery might not be as significant as they thought. They're categorizing him as week to week. I agree. I don't think we're going to see full. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Wentz again this season. But uh, if it was clear cut, they put him on IR right now. That's true. Um, they're probably also he's probably already also factoring into that decision as well. We all know how Carson Carson is, and yeah. I'm sure you know he probably probably felt like he could have played against the Rams. And it's probably I, difficult to watch Nick Foles go out there and win a huge game, biggest game of the season. I agree. But you know what, too? Um, I'm not just saying this as a reporter. I think even for Doug and for the team, it's good that he came out today and, and said Nick's the starter. You avoid the whole like dog and pony show during the week. I, I just don't think that's necessary. Uh, unless there's a chance Wentz is going to play, I, I think it, it kind of sets the tone for the week we're going with Nick. Well, I mean, and, and Nick said this after the game when we spoke to him. He's like, yeah, he's like, I really didn't know. You start taking first team reps. You know, we didn't know really where Carson stood. It didn't affect him, clearly. He went out and played very well. But it's good to know from the start of the week if you're Nick exactly. Foles that you're going to be the guy um, and you, you can can prepare that way. You say, you know, it's kind of a cliche, oh, I prepare every week as if I'm the starter. But things do change. Uh, you are getting, obviously, every rep. You're the guy that they're really kind of, you know, detailing yep. the, game, the game plan for. So Nick Foles uh, moving forward, and the Eagles are still uh, – they're still mathematic, more than mathematically alive. Now, they don't control their own destiny. I think the NFC East, they have to win both their games. The Cowboys have to lose both their games for them to win the division. That's probably unlikely. That's not going to happen. That's probably out the window because they, um, they, don't, they don't have the tiebreaker. But the wild card, the Seahawks lost, and the Vikings won. They're the two teams ahead of the Eagles right now. And the Panthers play tonight. And the Panthers play tonight, and the, and the Redskins won. They're 7-7. They're seven and seven. But the Eagles will still play Washington. So, exactly. Yeah. So they can they can obviously control their own destiny there. The Seahawks have the Chiefs next week, which is a tough game, clearly. And then they have the Cardinals. Yeah, but they lost to the Niners, so. Right. You know. Uh, I think the Niners are better than the Cardinals. Are I they home? Do you know if they're home against the Cardinals that last I'd game? I'd have to look. I'm not sure. And then the Vikings have the... Lions and the Bears? Lions and the Tigers and the Bears. No, just the Lions and the Bears. <laughs> and the Bears obviously would be tough for them to win, but certainly they could beat the Lions. And it seemed like firing Flip, uh, John Filippo, his offensive coordinator, kind of flipped a switch for them. They put up, what, 40 points <laughs> on the uh, Packers. On the Packers. Uh, more than – more than no, it wasn't the Packers. Or, no, the Bears the played Dolphins. the Packers. They yeah. played the Dolphins. Yeah, the Bears played the Packers. Sorry about uh, that. So maybe you know, that was the right move, at least for this team, to kind of get them over the hump. That being said, I mean, the Eagles, you know, they went out. This is the best game they played all year. It was against the – Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. 
yeah, I mean, without a doubt, all three phases were, 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 were strong. This is a team that uh, a lot of people have pegged to go to the Super Bowl. They did it on the road. Um, where the Rams were undefeated this year? Where they were undefeated. They averaged something like 34 points a game, mm-hmm. held them to 23. That's an explosive offense. I mean, let's start with Nick Foles and the offense. It seemed, you know, I, I think the big takeaway was the, was, the, was the long ball. I agree with you. I mean, three passes uh, over 25 yards to Alshon Jeffrey. We have not seen that for months. What's yeah. the difference? Well, I think the difference is that Foles is willing to put up some of those passes. Um, Foles likes to talk about letting it rip. You know, it, we've both been around Nick for a good chunk of the past seven years, and he has certain expressions that he always repeats, and let it rip is one of them. Um, I'm but, a thrower. I'm a thrower. <laughs> yeah. um, but, no, he, he's not afraid. He's not afraid to put the ball up. And we, we often talk about Carson being a gunslinger, but, like, you see it with, with Nick in, in terms of going downfield. Uh, and the thing that really impressed me was he was willing to stand in the pocket and take some hits. That 50-yarder to Alshon, uh, he got hit hard by Ndamukong Sue, I believe, on that play. And, uh, but he delivered the pass. Now, Alshon and Nelson were both wide open. Uh, but, no, I, I thought the biggest difference was throwing it up and letting and letting Alshon make plays. Alshon Jeffrey's not a perfect wide receiver, uh, but I think what he does is he can win those 50-50 balls. But you have to give him 50-50 balls to he's, win. He's open even when he's not open. And, and we have not – I mean, the numbers bear it out. I mean, in the first four games, there were 10 passes that Carson Wentz threw to him that were over 20 yards, uh, air yards. And I think he caught three of them for 73 yards and a touchdown. But over the next five games, only three targets and no catches mm-hmm. over 20 yards. I mean, how don't you at least try to throw some his way? And it's something that uh, I mean, we've written about. We've asked Alshon about it. Um, we've asked Doug, Mike Rowe, Carson about it. Well, we may have gotten our answer last week. Fractured vertebrae. Yeah, okay. okay. So that's, I, think that, I think that's got it. That's yeah, well, well, because thrown downfield. Well, because if you look at the numbers, it was right around yeah. the time that he first popped up on the injury report that he had these back mm-hmm. issues. You know, and then, like, George Matthews, I thought, uh, when he spoke about how, like, yeah, we knew he was in pain, and he's talking about, like, going through your progressions and how just turning your back is difficult. So imagine trying to, you know, heave a ball 20, 30, 40 yards yeah. down the field. I understand that, but that goes back to our conversation last week. Why is he out there? Yeah. You know? No. I mean, that's that's a good question. I mean, so it's, it can't be one or the other. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, if he's playing, you know, you accept all the conditions that comes with it. So Doug uh, did speak uh, a little bit about how they had identified, even before the quarterback switch, they needed to kind of simplify things in terms of formations and, and uh, snaps, pre-snap motions. Yeah, this bugs me. Do you buy that? Well, it bugs me because, look, they said the same thing after that Thursday night win against the Giants, which was the only other time this year they well, scored 30 Well, they simplified points. things differently. But, like, no, where you get back to kind of your base, your training camp stuff, and you, you hear that, and you're like, well, then why do you get away from it, you know? Right. Like, like what – I think sometimes they can kind of fall in love with their own play calling. Um, but they did this with Nick last year. They did, exactly. They did. They got rid. Of, they did. A, got rid of a lot of the uh, pre-snap uh, motions. And I think that's that. It, it's clearly beneficial. I, I think they have guys who can win matchups, and I, I, I don't think you you need to get too cute. Right, and that's what I mean. What you're doing with a lot of those motions, I know there are other ways to. And he Doug said this himself. There's other ways to find it. You know, to give the quarterback information whether you're going to get man or zone. Motions really help in that in that way, um, but sometimes you're right. It's just like you don't need to know all this information. Just run your play and yeah. give yourself a couple of reads, and 
that's it. Whereas with Carson, it was just like they Carson wants all the information. Carson yeah. Carson wants to have more freedom to do what he wants to do based upon the coverage, whether pre or post snap. With Nick, it's just like okay, here's this play. It's it's not that complicated. Yeah. This is these are your options here. You know, don't don't care as much about what the defense is showing you. Just care about what you can you, you can get done. And whether it's like a shorter pass on second and seven, and you give your guy the opportunity to run for first down, like you did with Dallas Goddard on the first drive, mm-hmm. then go for it. And if scheme wise, you get something that frees up down the field, and you see it, let it let it fling. Yeah, know? it's it's funny. Nick was talking after the game. And it, it struck me as like an odd way of explaining it or even thinking that he's like when he's out there, he doesn't even want to think about the score. He doesn't want to think about how much time's left on the clock. He just wants to play football with his teammates. And it's like part of you is like, all right, Nick. But then a part of you is like he literally plays sometimes like he's just outside at recess in the in the schoolyard. Right. And, you know, chucking the ball up. And, and uh, that's kind of how it was in the Super Bowl too. Right. Um, Whereas Carson, he wants – Everything, everything. Exactly. He, wants, he wants to know about everything. He yes. wants to be involved in everything. Yeah, and maybe down this, everything matters. And maybe they've given him too much too early in his career because it's like he does have a say in the game plan. Mm-hmm. Like he's not making the decisions, the final decisions. But and and Doug does that for Foles. I mean, he he'll cater the plays to what the quarterback likes. But it just seems like Carson has a very big influence over how the game plan is constructed. And maybe he's just not quite there yet, especially with the all, you know, especially coming off the knee, and then you get the back. It's just like, all right, let's let's just throw it out there right now. I mean, we should. I mean, I know we got to talk about because people are going to talk about it, but like, hold the phone on Nick Foles, no Carson Wentz argument. Well, well, Carson Wentz is demonstrably a better quarterback than yes. than Nick Foles, and, and I feel very comfortable saying that. Like the notion that that. Carson should not be the long-term quarterback, or there should be reservations about it. I'm not on board with that. Uh, there are a few people in this world who can play quarterback as well as Carson Wentz. You have him. Um, he's your ticket. Uh, that being said, there are things you can learn from the way you use Nick, and there are. And, and Carson's only in his third year and has missed time. He can evolve or in, improve. But no, the, the, to me, there's no long-term debate. The only debate is. Is for this year. Like I would say, this year, Carson, get right. You know, like you know, we are committed to you, but get right. And we have Nick right now, and play Nick. That's what. If I was the Eagles, that's what I would say. Right. If you have any reservations about Carson right now, it's that he's been getting hurt a lot. Yeah. That's your main concern. But not about him as a player. Not about his ability. Yeah. I mean, you have to kind of take into consideration the fact that he is coming off the knee, the knee surgery, and he has now had to deal with his back. But would you shovel? Uh yeah, I mean unless unless he's unless they they can you know if he if he's healthy let's say they they make it to the NFC Championship and he's healthy by then. But if they make it to the NFC Championship, that means that they've won five games in a row with Nick Foles. With Nick Foles, how do you how do you how do you them? yeah? I, I we're getting way yeah ahead. we we're are putting, but, we're putting the uh, but my point is is like worst, is but. is I would say I would say like Carson get right you know make sure you're right. You're, we're married to you long term. Yeah, yeah. Right. no, and they 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 have. This is really important. They have to really kind of let him know that because I know how Carson is. You know how Carson is. Yeah, this is bothering him. Well, Doug, he, Doug he wants the team to win, but yeah, Doug didn't have to say that today. Doug did. Doug's like, 
Obviously, Carson's our quarterback when healthy. You know? yeah. yeah, but Carson's a prideful guy. Oh, yes. yes. I mean... And as much as Carson likes his team, wants his team, um, he wants to be the guy winning. <laughs> you know, he wanted to be the guy holding that Super Bowl MVP last year. Yeah, and I mean, he yeah. said as much. Yeah. You know? He had to fight those urges. Um... So, the, I mean, Doug stuck with the run game, uh, especially in the first half, 16 runs to, to 14 passes. It wasn't like they were getting a lot of yards on the, gra- on the ground, but I think that his commitment to it uh, re- helped set up some play action. Yeah, they had that third and four that uh, – and, and, Handed off to Sproles. Yeah, yeah. And, and you did a great job by IDing in the press box what they were doing in terms of Aaron Donald and, and cracking back there, and they, they, it really worked well. A little trap play to take, yeah. to take advantage of that aggressive front. Um, I, thought, I, I thought Doug – I thought Doug had a really good week overall. Yeah. I mean, you know, when Aaron Donald, who's the best player, defensive player in, in the NFL this league this year, only has two tackles and only one quarterback hit, you're doing something right up front. You're doing something. Oh, you're I agree. something up to take it. And, and the funny thing was, like, they hadn't been able to do that this year against some yeah. of the top defensive linemen. Demarcus Lawrence has had two great games against them. And they thought that they could do that against those top guys like they did last year with Von Miller. But th- this time they did it. Also, um, and and – uh, it's a, just a quick tangent, but I, I give Doug credit in that, like, I said on the podcast on, on Friday, I thought the team was finished. I, I thought the loss to the Cowboys yeah, I wasn't just really sure. sapped spirit from them. And uh, and Doug, Doug does a good job in terms of getting these guys ready to play and getting them to believe. That's a part, I asked him about it today because I, I think he deserves credit for it. Um, yeah, I agree. But, uh, yeah, I, I was really impressed with the way the team came out. I've time. never seen – I don't think the team in any way, shape, or form has really mailed it in in any game. You can say maybe the, the Saints sa- game. Yeah. Um, and you say that only – But that was just a You say game. that only because guys like Malcolm Jenkins had, had questioned yeah. players' efforts. But I don't think they came into the game that way. I think, like – No. The Saints just put it on them early and they were – They had every reason to yeah. like be like, okay, we lost – we basically lost a whole division. Exactly. In Dallas. And, and their quarterback. We, we lost our quarterback. Mm-hmm. We're hanging by a thread in terms of the playoff. And we got to get on a plane and fly all the way Exa- to L.A. That's my point. To play one of the best teams in the NFL. Because that stuff factors in the players' minds. You know that. Like, yeah. you know, especially this time of year, veteran guys, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're often thinking about that stuff. Uh, no, the, the Eagles came ready to play. Yeah, and it's it's like a I don't know how Doug does it, but he gets them to pl- to play, and it's one of the reasons why you know he'll you know not that he wasn't going to be back next year, but it's it's I think it's why you f- should feel safe with Doug moving forward, at least in that regard. And, and I don't know. There's other things about him this year that really bother me about the way he's called games, the way he's managed games, uh, the way that um, in terms of message, yeah, he's kind of been off point. But I agree there. Put them in an underdog situation, <laughs> but and also, Doug knows how to push that button. But and, and and you know this even better than me. Um, Doug takes a lot of pride in kind of knowing the locker room and like the pulse of the locker room. And I've been there. Yeah, but I I, I think that uh, I, I I think that comes out in weeks like this. Oh, absolutely. Even something as small as like giving them off last Tuesday. Um, he did it before the he did it before the Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, he did it on Thanksgiving too. Yeah. And they won that Sunday too. So like like, like giving that. them off the day because because you would think they just had this bad loss. Why are you giving them off? 
Doug knows their bodies. Doug knows kind of how they're thinking. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. I should mention in terms of his game plan, i got to give him credit too. I've, I've been clamoring for this. Our, our colleague Paul Domowicz has been clamoring for it way longer than I have. They ran, you know, they had twelve, a lot of twelve personnel mm-hmm. out there. They had uh, Dallas Goddard for the only the third time this season played more than sixty percent of the snaps, mm-hmm. and they're just better. They're just better in that type of, you know, it wasn't like Goddard had a great game receiving and even Zach Ertz, but I just feel like they present more challenges to defense when they have two tight ends out there, two tight ends as versatile as Ertz and Goddard. I agree, and I also think they're at the point in the year where it's like a sunk call. It's a sunk cost with with Golden Tate right now. You don't have to try to figure out how to use him. Well, right I mean, but, but, but like, here, here's what I will say. He only played 22 snaps. But he had Aguilar no played 98% of them and had one catch. Uh, Tate had five for 43 yards. I get that, like, Aguilar's more of an outside guy, so you, you got to play him more out there, but Tate can play that. I would I just, I would cut into Aguilar's. You, you split them up. Okay. Yeah, I would play okay. a little more Tate at the, uh, at the expense of Aguilar. But I wouldn't force 11. Just to get no, field. Yeah. no, yeah, no. I agree with that. Um, again, yeah, 12, 12 I think we got to talk about the defensive performance, Absolutely. performance here because maybe we should even led with that because holding that Rams team at twenty three points at home was impressive. And let's start with stopping stopping the run. I mean, it's it's a cliche, but they haven't really been able to do it for the most mm-hmm. part this last month. But Todd Gurley's as good as they come, and he had twelve carries for forty eight yards and two touchdowns, mind you. But you know that's only four yards a clip. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those came in the first half. Mm-hmm. Now they were trailing; they had to start passing a lot more. But you know, they made it difficult on on the Rams because Gurley couldn't get things going. And, and as opposed to his third and shorts, there were a lot more third and longs. Yeah, and, and I thought the uh, defensive line after the second drive of the game, I was concerned about the defensive line. I thought they just didn't have the depth, especially after Fletcher Cox left too. Yeah, uh, then Cox came back two drives later. And, uh, and and Cox played well. He had a sack. He played great. Uh, and um, but I, I thought the defensive line overall won at the point of attack. Yeah, I mean Michael Bates played consistently good. Fletcher Cox, Chris Long um, had a real nice chase down tackle at one point. Yeah, and you know what? You, yeah, I think the linebackers actually showed up. I thought Nigel Bradham and Camus had yep. had solid games. The guy to me who was the defensive MVP of the game though was Avante Maddox. Agreed. Um, and we were surprised seeing him out at on the outside to begin the game. Great. Great genius move by Jim Schwartz. And, and Avante Maddox now has started at three positions for the Eagles. And which ones he's the best at? I mean, I think he's good safety. You think he's best on the outside? I, I think he's been the best outside corner. Well, I, I, look, there's not enough big enough sample, but that that was the best outside corner back position uh, the performance this season from an Eagle. Better than some of the Darby's games? I think Darby had one good game where you, I guess maybe you could say so, but... I mean, this he had two pass breakups, one on a third down, had a huge, nice diving in interception, and I think twice when they got into the red zone, right at the end of the half and right at the end of the game, on fourth down or it was third down at the end of the half, and then it was fourth down at the end of the game. They went right at Maddox, mm-hmm. and he just you know bodied the guy up as he came up. wasn't wasn't pass interference, just just knows what to do. He has this innate ability to play the position, whatever whatever it may be. Um, going forward, I think he may end up being your nickel, but he can do the safety. Look, the versatility is going to keep him in the NFL for for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he's best. I think they're only scratching the surface with him. And, and it was a really good pick because he was really productive in college. Yeah. And uh, it's, and he, he ran a great 40. The knock on him was his, was his height. Um, but we've seen – 
time and time again, guys can overcome their height. And uh, and when Joe Douglas talks about production and like watching the tape, trusting production, Maddox is an example. Well, they only had six draft picks this last year, but if Goddard and Mon- Maddox is your second pick, right? Yes, and then sweat. Round, they the, yeah, and then sweat. Sweat, sweat. I don't know, but if you if they get two starters out of this, that's a, that's a decent draft. Yes, especially because they got a second rounder next year out of it too. Right. So you know they could potentially get three. Absolutely. Uh, I was a little surprised, though. Again, as I said, I couldn't believe Sean McVay was running as much as he did early on. I think he helped Schwartz out there. But Schwartz, you know, he knew, seemed to know when to dial the blitzes. And the they, last play of the game. Yeah. He, he, sent, he yeah. sent a blitz there. Yeah, the, I mean, he pressured Goff. I mean, Goff completed 35 passes, but he also threw 54 of them. And, and ended up throwing two interceptions. Made a horrible decision when he fumbled a snap. Yep. And still try to throw it and kind of throw it right into the arms of Corey Graham. But, but the that, Eagles were swarming him there. No, I mean, Fletcher Cox, I think, was the guy that apparently Cox, because he kind of shot the gap there, the guard stepped on Goff's foot. Okay. And that's why he fell. Credit so, Fletcher. So that starts with Fletcher Cox, who. Eh, Aaron Donald, what do we think? You think he's a little extra motivation? I know he. Oh, I think Fletcher was absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I asked him about it after the game. Oh, I love, I love Aaron Donald. Oh, yeah. I love Aaron Donald. I'm like, I, I'm like I, you notice he didn't have any sacks. <laughs> I wrote a story last week. Yeah, like, it was a Flet- good one. Yeah. No, but like Fletcher Cox wanted to be defensive player of the year. The defensive player of the year is on the other side. Talking to Fletcher, and we've both been around Fletcher now since 2012. You can tell when certain things like start to piss him off. Yeah, and I think yeah, our Donald talk pisses him off a bit. Yeah. Well, the, I I gotta tell this quick story. So last week, the NFL what they do is they go around NFL Network does the whole <laughs> top one hundred players. Yes. And all the players have to vote, and they I think they pick twenty. Yeah, they 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 rank twenty guys. And Fletcher had his little piece of paper and he started to, to write it down. There was a national reporter that was in town. <laughs> and like as as Fletcher walks by, he's like Aaron Donald. Did you write Aaron Donald in there? I was like, I, I was shocked that he said it. Fletcher didn't laugh, and Fletch <laughs> did not laugh, and like shot him daggers. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, yeah. like and if it was one of us, he would have been pissed at. Oh us. yes, yeah. But he didn't know this guy. <laughs> But you could tell that he was steaming. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what are you, nuts? That's a 320-round Fletcher Cox. athlete. Yeah, it's Fletcher Cox. Yeah, that's uh, funny. Uh, good for Fletch. Um, all right, well, I guess that's it here. Uh, we're all a little punchy, but uh, the Eagles are still alive. We got we got another week to write about football, Zach, at least football that counts. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk about the, the Texans certainly later on in this week. Um, but the Eagles are seven and seven, and they have a thirty-seven percent chance of uh, making it to the playoffs and winning the, uh, you know, getting into the wild card per the website uh, five thirty-eight. So they have a shot, but they got to take care of right Aaron now. Too. Do they get in the playoffs? Yes or no? No, I think Minnesota. You say no. All right, I'll say no too. All right, that's the Bird's Eye View podcast. I'm Jeff McLean. That's Zach Berman. We'll talk to you next time.